You are listening to Keep Canada Weird, a weekly weird news roundup by the Nighttime Podcast. Hello, listeners, and welcome back to the Keep Canada Weird discussion series. If you're new here in Keep Canada Weird, my pal Aaron Airport and I seek out and explore some of the more offbeat Canadian news stories from the past week. In tonight's episode, which we recorded during the evening of June 28, 2022, we discuss Bill C-11, we talk about an idiot in Cape Breton, we explore a discovery in the Yukon, and we share the results of a recent survey that aimed to identify Canada's most trusted brand. So let's get to it. Handsome Aaron Airport. How are you doing tonight, buddy? No, oh, I'm doing good. Good. How are you? Mm, let me think. No, oh, doing... you have to think about it. There's like um, troubles in your life. No, I'm just I'm just so busy that sometimes I'm like, how Too am I? Too busy to even stop and smell the roses, then. Yeah. Oh, I've smelled the roses today. I smelled um, all different sorts of ice cream and candies. I was actually at Bulk Burn tonight, um, preparing for the last like the last day of school is coming up on this Thursday as a reward for passing. I'm having my uh, a few friends from my son's uh, class are going to come over for ice cream. We have two different mm-hmm. flavors. We have uh, vanilla and then one that's called uh, vanilla chocolate checkerboard. And it's um, oh. what it is. It's ice cream in a box rather than in a container. But it looks like uh, the the way they pour the ice cream. It's like a checkerboard. So you, it says right on it, don't use a scoop. You have to cut it like kind of like you would cake or something, and then it'll mm-hmm. get that checkerboard pattern. But anyway, after we got the ice cream, we went to Bulk Burn and bought a whole variety of different kinds of like candies and jelly beans and different stuff you could put on the ice cream. So we got a big day coming up. If you don't mind me asking, mm-hmm. how much are you charging? per scoop to these children oh that's a great idea and monetize this party somehow Uh, it's going to be completely free but it's invite only so it's not this wide open thing where there's going to be a lineup of children uh, eating my candy and ice cream no 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 it won't be anything like that no no they should at least pay a cover charge then to get yeah i should set something up it'll probably be like three bucks i'll make the kids pay you should have security oh certainly yeah, yeah, because children will get out of hand when they've had too much ice cream and candy. Mm-hmm. I know that all too well. And, of mm-hmm. course, I'm coming off of what we discussed a few weeks ago. I had the, the child who walked up my driveway, and I had to call the police. So Yes, that's right. Yeah, so you're on edge. You I'm really not taking need chances. Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, what's going on with you? Me? Oh, jeez. Um, nothing. Well... Since our personal lives don't seem very weird, maybe we should get to our topic, which is keeping Canada weird. I guess a topic and mission. And over the last Mm. week, there certainly hasn't been any shortage of weird stuff happening in Canada. Uh, I had a lot to choose from for tonight's episode, but I think I narrowed it down to a couple stories that we're going to have a lot to say about. The way I'm going to title this episode is An Idiot in Cape Breton, Bill C-11, Canada's most trusted brand and a discovery in the Yukon. I was going to call it an ancient discovery in the Yukon, but as far as the graphic design, that was just too much text. So I went with a discovery in the Yukon. A discovery, yeah, which really broadens the the playing field of what type of discoveries we could be talking about. Yeah, so we should, we'll say that for a little bit and keep it like, because everyone's going to be on the edge of their seat wondering what happened in the Yukon. Um, 
We'll, we'll get to that. I we will get to it. Yeah. We got a, a, a variety of things from different sides of the spectrum. And I always like to let you choose where we begin. You usually do. Yeah. Um, you know, do we start off with Tim Hortons or do we end with Tim Hortons? Because, you know, do, do the listening and viewing public want to see me go off the rails right away or do they want to save that to the end? Oh, and we did get emails in the past, like you need to kind of keep Tim's, like it's okay to talk about it a lot, but you need to find a spot and you just get into it and get out of it and move on with the show. So do we want to get it over with at the beginning? Uh, let's save that because I think we're going, I think we got a lot to say about that. In- I think we're going to have a lot to say about it. Let's build to that because you know what? I know we probably have some uh, listeners who call or message in saying, you know, you, you go on about Tim Hortons too much. And I argue that it's not enough. Mm-hmm. Certainly. That we're warriors out in the battlefield, really trying to, trying to, you know, put the spotlight on what the, the biggest demon is in society right now. And to me, it's Tim Hortons. Um, we promised that prior email or commenter voice memo sender that we would keep the Tim's discussion at one point. Let's stop it now. We'll come back mm-hmm. to it later. I don't want to upset yeah. anyone. Uh, no, of course. That's not what you're here to do. No, let's start with B uh, with Bill C11. Um, this is kind of a, I guess, harkens back to something we did a few weeks ago. We talked about kind of like new laws that the Canadian government was putting on the books that were going to change some aspects of life in Canada. Um, this kind of goes back to that because it's, it's a new bill that is well on its way to being passed. I don't know a lot about how a bill is passed. I remember there was a cartoon back in school that illustrated this, mm-hmm. but it's kind of gone through all of the steps. What is next is kind of like the final step that if it passes through, it will receive royal, it will be sent for royal assent, which I believe means like actually getting it put on the books. But we yeah. don't need to have a civic lesson here. Let's just say that this is a bill very close to being passed that have a lot of people talking. Uh, I'm trying to be an optimist about it, and I'm trying to be excited because I think it, it should benefit me positively. But let's talk a little bit about it. Um, for the American or international listeners of this show, or even a lot of Canadians probably don't realize this, but th- there's this thing in Canada, uh, I guess a, a current law or piece of legislation that requires television channels or stations and radio to play a certain amount of Canadian content. And mm-hmm. if you're a musician or a television producer in Canada, that law is likely the reason you even have a job. When you, when you put on the radio in Canada if it wasn't for this law, you would only hear, you know, the big popular American artists and they would completely dominate the airwaves here because of this law. It requires, I don't know what the percentage is, but let's say 35 or 40 percent. of. Yeah, I I somehow feel it's in the 30-ish range. Yeah. Yeah. But because of that, it gives upstart Canadian musicians a, a chance to, you know, get some airplay. And it's certainly breathes a lot of uh, finance, uh, financial benefit to the Canadian art scene. Um, when I first got into podcasting, I would look at 
the you know the Apple Podcast Canada chart in uh, for the top podcasts or something, and you know the first hundred and fifty of them would be the big American shows. And I remember thinking sometimes, like, imagine if those laws extended to podcasting. Like, they would probably have to like promote my show and other Canadian podcasts mm-hmm. like me. Um, Bill C eleven is gonna kind of take. It's gonna modernize that prior law about. Canadian content on the airwaves and on television to include streaming services, which is huge. So we're talking about Netflix, uh, Amazon yeah. Prime, YouTube, which is a big one. Uh, it, it's a huge deal, but when but to modernize it, I don't know how that's even going to work. Like, would that mean? Yeah, that one's like it almost feels like. Are they saying that in Canada then? streaming platforms like disney plus or netflix or even you know as far as youtube have to have a certain percentage of canadian content it that's that's my understanding apparently one of the not apparently but one of the criticisms of this bill as it's currently written apparently there's a a lot of vagueness and gray in exactly how you know push is going to come to shove uh, if the bill is passed so some of this stuff will have to be worked out but my understanding of it at this point is netflix will have to have a certain so you know of course you know if you log into netflix in canada it's a different selection of stuff than if you log in from the united in states and whatnot. or anywhere yeah. but the idea is that when you log in from canada it's going to be a certain percentage of the content there will be you know connected to canada in some way like filmed here or produced here whatever the case is but um, the the difference that's going to make is like in the amount of content that would have to be made over the next, you know, five or 10 years or whatever in Canada to fulfill this requirement mm. if it happens for someone who lives in Canada that's into the arts or film or theater or whatever. I don't know how you couldn't see that as a positive. Yeah, on that end of it, it's a it's a positive for sure. Mm. Um, you know, it's it. It brings in support uh, for, yeah, arts across the country, you know, and and it means more work and it means more jobs and it means all of those things. So on that end of the argument, yeah, that's a that's a big benefit to a bill like this. And on the other side of it, like I'm wondering, okay, so if you're Netflix or Disney Plus and you're like, okay, let's just use 40 percent right now as as. As, as we know, uh, okay, 40% of our content for Canadian subscribers has to be Canadian. So in the amount of time and effort and money it takes to produce that much Canadian content to put on those platforms versus we can just lower the amount of non-Canadian content down hmm. so that the current amount of Canadian content we have reaches 40%. Yeah. So then I worry that people who subscribe and pay the same, you know, amount to to Netflix or Disney Plus or Amazon Prime or whatever it is are then going to get less of all of the regular content because 40% of it has to be Canadian. I get what you mean. They may have to scale stuff back. There if a law like this is passed, certainly there's a certain amount of time that the service provider has to you know to get their numbers in order so hopefully it isn't it doesn't get to a position that's something like that they have to make decisions like that but um but i will tell you that as a podcaster 
who puts myself out there on occasion i'll get emails from like film production companies that are you know interested in a story i've covered or something and it's even it's gotten to the point where i generally don't even respond to the emails anymore because it's usually such a waste of time but in the last three months i've got i've seen a huge increase in people producing documentaries or interested in pitching documentaries set in canada Mm. um and i can only imagine that these people may see dollar signs like because if if a bill like this is passed there is you know your any canadian content is gonna all of a sudden skyrocket in value if you're in the middle of producing something but what about like uh the youtube side of things because it's certainly youtube can't regulate or you couldn't regulate youtube to make it that way but what what kind of the discussion is is that it could be something like the algorithm youtube uses to suggest you know if like as if you go on the nighttime podcast youtube channel and you're playing one of my videos over on the right hand side there's going to be you know other kind of related things that it's pitching that you know you might also be interested in this random thing i would yeah, like maybe yeah. it could be something like that like a certain amount of what's pitched do we have to regulate every single thing you know like why does why do we have to regulate youtube Mm-hmm. like why and i find a law like this is not they're still thinking in the sense of uh film television and radio mm-hmm. and and you know and they're thinking traditionally still and they're trying to apply that to modern streaming services and i don't think it i don't think the way that they're thinking of it works in the way that they want it to mm-hmm. um i think it's just going to get really muddy and i think it's going to it's going to um make Canadian viewers frustrated because they're going to start having more limitations put on what they can watch. Hmm. Um, So there's got to be a way that they can, you know, if they want to put a bill together, they have to think creatively about how can we support Canadian artists that tend to not have a fair shake, say when they're up against, uh, you know, American companies and American, you know, Hollywood and, and, and everything else, how can we support them in a way that doesn't hinder what, canadian viewers want to see mm-hmm. it's a sl- yeah it's to modernize any kind of law like that that was written or or, or was kind of designed before the internet is there's going to yeah. be hiccups uh, here's another aspect of it as well we don't need to get deep into this but the way the law is written currently it'll also apply to uh streaming pornography on the internet yeah now you know you know porn has run the internet from day one yeah, good luck. Porn tells that. porn tells you what to do. You don't tell porn what to do. Mm-hmm. That is the know. that is the flaw in this law. Yeah, yeah. That they're um, messing with someone bigger than film and radio and television. That's right. Yeah, and it's the pornography industry. It's, it's uh, big, the big porn. Industry. Big porn. Yeah, yeah, big porn. It's it's bigger than you think. Mm-hmm. But um, that's what she's. No, no, <laughs> no. Go on. Nobody said that. Um, <laughs> anyway. Uh, yeah, so I just think, like, I think this bill is just going to ultimately, um, I think it's going to, again, give the government too much control as well over what we're watching. I'm sure it's eventually it's going to come, some version of this. I just hope it's done in a way that benefits Canadian creators and doesn't hurt mm-hmm. Canadian viewers, ultimately. Exactly. We still want to watch all of the we want to watch everything let us watch everything
there's a story I want to get into with you, Aaron, and mm-hmm. it's it's a bit. Cl- I think it's probably a bit closer to you than me um, geographically, but it's a story that I've watched play out over the last few weeks, largely playing out on YouTube, and surprisingly, it kind of harkens back to. I think this is the second time tonight I said harkens, but it reminds me <laughs> of you some- have Harkins disease. <laughs> it reminds me of a kind of a character from my past because the person we're going to be talking about is someone who is um, lately causing a lot of drama around Cape Breton, specifically Sydney, uh, as a result of both YouTube videos they're making and graffiti that they're graffitiing throughout downtown Sydney. So let me introduce it this way. The, the person at the center of this, if you've lived in Sydney for a while, you've probably heard of this guy. His name is Glenn Muse. Uh, he actually ran for mayor of Sydney in 1995. Um, when he ran for the mayor of Sydney, it was a, a big deal because in the middle of his like campaign, I'm not sure what the charges were but he ended up being arrested and put in jail but he continued to uh the election still happened with him on the ballot while he was in jail if i read from his bio it says um glenn muse ran for mayor of cape breton in 1995 he was jailed on trumped up charges but they could not get him off the ballot they stacked the ballot with liberals and fixed it so he could not communicate with the outside. He's been boxed in and on a no-fly list ever since. The only candidate for mayor that has run for office from jail. That's I, I, I'm willing to bet that that is a bio he wrote. But anyway... He uh, sounds... I don't think um, a professional media company wrote that for him. No, that seems like a DIY homemade mm. bio. Um Anyway, he's been so that was a big story back in the day, and I and I also recall a part of his campaigning. He stood on Charlotte Street and he was giving out cigarettes to people uh, who would agree to vote for him. I remember that being a thing. But anyway, um, he's been in and out of the news sporadically ever since then. He had um, he was in the news very recently for. Uh, a good reason he had uh, Glenn Muse had donated some technology to a senior citizens home to help people uh, who were in the home communicate with people on the outside during COVID, which which was great. Mm-hmm. Um, he was in for what I see as a much in the news from a much more what I see as a negative reason where he was uh, he was outside of a church uh, protesting in vitro fertilization which is like when when people have trouble having a baby and uh they can like insert you know i don't know what i don't know how to explain in vitro fertilization mm-hmm. but i think people know what it is he was protesting that outside of a church at one point recently and that was in the news just bizarre so was uh, that for religious reasons he was against it or? yeah what ended up happening was like a, a priest made a statement about against in vitro in vitro fertilization there was a huge amount of blowback towards this priest from members of the church glenn muse was outside the church protesting showing support for the priest or the pastor whatever who made the statement but anyway he's been discussed online mainly as a result of a video he made um just about i think about a month ago now before i play the video 
have you seen the he's been spray painting crosses all around downtown sydney have you seen any of these crosses do you know anything about this I haven't personally seen them. Somebody told me something because I'm not on Facebook, right? Mm -hmm. So I, like a lot of this stuff would get discussed there. Mm -hmm. um, someone did mention it to me, though, that somebody was painting crosses um, downtown Sydney. Um, but I didn't know who it was. Okay, well, I'll tell you, as a result of this YouTube video I saw, the person spray painting crosses all around downtown Sydney is this man, Glenn Muse. And the reason he's doing it is out of a, a strange type of protest against uh, what he thought was our town's, Sydney's, pride parade. And we'll come back to that. But he made a video where he talks about what he's doing and why. Before I play the video, I'll warn anyone who's... Um, sensitive to this sort of thing he's going to express views much different than mine that a lot of people will probably find offensive mm -hmm. i'm going to play you the video then we can chat a little bit about it and i'll give you even more background allied center is moving from downtown down in the in the down in the other area to now in well i call it the circle of fire we got the hat over here, which is the gathering place for all of the people of that feel like they're not the same gender or whatever. And then you have that. And then you have over here, the, that brick building. It's all kinds of crap in there. I don't know what goes on. It used to be crossroads. And here is the Dr. Luke's. This is the focal center. And I haven't seen any pride shit anywhere. I don't see I don't see a pride flag. I don't see a pride parade. I don't see anything to do with the gay agenda. Because usually we're in the June now. This is June 5th. And I'll show you this is where I tagged. I tagged Dr. Luke's long time ago and uh, I've been tagging telephone poles with, with crosses and it, apparently it's worked it worked out because by now they would have these crosswalks that I'm coming up to here uh, this this <laughs> intersection used to be rainbow colored crosswalks okay I don't see one one anything to do with this agenda I prayed for this, and I don't see any flag, any flags flying anywhere. There's no big major events. Look what we got coming through here. These are the, our greatest citizens. Hey, man, do you realize that single-handedly, with the along with the Virgin Mary, we we shut down all of the pride thing here. There's no flags. There's no parades. Nope. There's nothing. That's right. You notice? Yeah. I yeah. prayed for it. <laughs> and I put crosses everywhere. Yeah. I got crosses all over the place. And got lucky. <laughs> no, this is the Virgin Mary, okay? Oh. Like, she's our mother. She yeah. takes care of us, man. No matter what, how bad it is. Oh, yeah. 
Yeah. So now this used to be these sidewalks here uh, during the gay pride shit used to be all colored flag uh, colored, right? Not anymore. There, I got crosses everywhere now, and, and it looks like they all hid. They're underneath the beds again. Good, get in the closet where they belong. Yeah, one of them right there. Hi, hi, hi. That is hard to listen to. Yeah. As you can imagine, when that video surfaced, uh, the nature of these crosses that were appearing around town was revealed. People have been sharing this video all over the place on Facebook and such. Um, and there's been a few interesting kind of things that happened. Before we kind of talk about our, our thoughts on the video, um, people are probably wondering why the police, you know, maybe didn't get involved at this point. Uh, I saw on Facebook people tagging the police and the mayor of CBRM, Cape Breton Regional Municipality. And I did see the mayor respond. Um, for one, the mayor says, her name's Amanda McDougall. She says um, that the video uh, and the information it contained was shared with police. Uh, and another thing, and this like, I hate to laugh at this video in any way, but he talks as if he was able to, with the help of Virgin Mary, that him and these crosses were able to put a stop to the gay pride parade. But it seems to be, and the mayor points this out in her post, she says something like, you know, as intelligent as Glenn Muse seems, you know, to believes he is, uh, he got the dates wrong. Because I think mm -hmm. that maybe Pride Parade, maybe in the States it's in June or something. But in CBRM, it's actually the first week of August. So the reason these parades aren't happening and the sidewalks aren't painted the way he believes they would normally have been at this point. He's just got the calendar wrong. It's the first week of August is when mm -hmm. CBRM has their Pride Parade, which is going to be huge this year like it is every year. Yeah, I don't... <clears throat> I mean, I guess maybe he means Pride Month. So I, I'm not sure if that's what he's referring to. Okay. Um, With what you've seen so far, and there's going to be a second part to this. I have a bit more to share about his story before we proceed. But in what you've read so, or what you've heard so far, do you have any initial thoughts at this point? Uh, it's it's hard to hear uh, things like that when you his his opinion on on things is I, it's hard to hear. I don't it's, I strongly disagree with everything he's saying. Yeah, um, I, I will say that I'm going to reference another story he's involved in here. This goes back a few years. Um, well, not a few years, I think about a year. I will say he is a massive hypocrite. Uh, let me read you something. He had this, what he tried to make as a viral campaign to have people boycott Cape Breton Transit, which is like our, you know, the buses in Cape Breton. Uh, he had made this sort of poster that he was sending all over the place where he explains um, what he sees as a kind of a prejudice that the bus Cape Breton Transit had against him that resulted in him being banned from riding the bus. So let me read you his his poster and, and maybe if we kind of listen to what he says in this poster and then maybe uh, extrapolate that to uh, his thoughts on, you know, allowing people to celebrate a pride parade or whatever. It's there's a bit of hip, of a hypocrisy. So what he says is, my name is Glenn Muse. I'm a graduate of Cape Breton University and I've been riding Cape Breton Transit for over 40 years and I've never had one complaint for speaking to people on the bus or expressing my opinions in a public forum. I have a hearing problem and at times I use a Bluetooth speaker to hear incoming calls. 
I have tinnitus and cannot wear earbuds. I have been banned from riding all Cape Breton transit buses effective March 28th, 2022. Why? Because I expressed my views at a bus stop while the bus was parked. The driver told me I cannot speak of any issues he had disagrees with and stated that I'm not permitted to voice my opinions on his bus. I was escorted from the same driver's bus by police for using my three-inch speaker. This driver appears to think he is a free speech cop. So my my thoughts on that is I have a few. For one, I don't know what views he was exp- expressing, but he was using a speaker to express them. I don't know what that could mean, but I just can't help but see a bit of like a hypocrisy in he wants to be able to publicly express his viewpoint in a public forum. Mm. I would, I would, I can't speak for people who organize and, and march in pride parades, but I can't help but think they're probably choosing to express their point of view in a public forum as well. Um, so there's, I, I just wanted to kind of highlight that as possibly a bit of hypocrisy. Do you see yeah, it, it is. Yeah, no, it definitely is. And yeah, it's just, disappointing to see someone publicly expressing such a you know uh disappointing point of view mm-hmm. um you know especially during pride month and ex- and especially any time of year just it's, any it's time at all if any can... time at all yeah just uh, let's just love each other you know like why you know and if someone it's different from you. Who cares? I think the next thing I'm going to play is another short video he posted. Uh, I told you that the video that we just played was spread around far and wide over the internet. A lot of people had things to say about it. And of course, it led to people um, publicly disagreeing with him. Uh, I don't know how much of the next video is set in reality versus maybe in his his mind, and we can talk a little bit about that. But the next video I'm going to play, he published just a few days after the one we played prior, and he discusses people giving him a hard time about that video. Listen to this. Uh, I just came in from painting over all of the garbage that was placed and the paint that was put over the, the writings I had outside uh, in honor of Our Lady or Blessed Virgin Mary and the transsexuals in this community and the pride people have gone out of their way to cover over every cross that I painted in town and I'm talking there are dozens of them and they went around putting papers about love is love and uh, they were put black tape over the bright crosses on the utility pole uh they are very upset the devil has got them working overtime uh they came here and attacked my house uh they uh, they are really strange one guy tried to break through the door he's going to be arrested for attempted murder and uttering death threats and home invasion all that's going to happen to the manager of dr luke's and the people that are assisting him with this uh carnage they have a big surprise coming if they come to my house again, there's something going to happen, and it's not going to be nice. It's not going to be nice. And they were going to charge me with painting crosses on the poles. Well, why don't you come and arrest me? Why don't we all go to court, and I will defend the cross, and you can defend the devil, and we'll see what happens. 
I think you're all nuts myself. I think you, when I say nuts, I mean not insane, not crazy, but completely nuts. Your brain is fried. You take, you smoke too many things. Oh, well, well, you're, like I said, come on and try it again. <laughs> you're going to get an awful big shock. That's enough for now, just to let you know that I'm watching you. And I see you a hundred times before you see me once. So you beware. I know every one of you are. Okay. I saw you. You think I didn't see you? You better watch over your shoulder. You never know who's going to come up and tap you on the shoulder and ask why you did this. What are you going to do then? Are you going to get violent? I'm a nonviolent person. So you're in for a shock. Yeah. So in, in listening to that video, I have a few thoughts. One is it seems to be some parts of that kind of come across as like a little bit threatening. Like I got mm -hmm. something waiting for you. But it also seems like this guy just like he needs help, I think, is overall like he seems unhinged uh, in the idea of I know like he in his mind, it's it comes across as like he believes like um you know, the, the transgender, like this transgender gang showed up at his house yeah. or something. And it's, um, and he blames a certain like business owner that's certainly not mm. showing up trying to break in his house. Um, anyway, the whole thing, it's just, it's bizarre at this point, but what do you do with, with someone like this that's causing that much trouble? I will, I will, one other thing I will say is that um, the response to it, uh, he's talking about people like showing up at his house and doing all this stuff. I don't know if that's real. It seems to me what people have done is they, they've gone around hanging up posters that covered up the stuff he was spray painting. Mm -hmm. uh, and I think that like kind of the idea of people coming together and making a statement against, you know, hatred. Uh, I think that's, yeah, a nice and that should be, and it should be responded, you know, in the way that, you know, covering up, any kind of uh, vandalism that was used as a sign of hate towards a group of people. Yeah. should be responded with, you know, uh, some kind of covering it up and then, you know, saying love is love and, you know, like it, responding in a positive way. Yeah. Um, you know, you don't want to go and attack this person and I don't believe that those things happened. Mm -hmm. um but usually the best response is to respond positively and and uh you know just put up more positive signs of, of uh of love around the community and and just you know try to drown out this the the volume that 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 this individual is speaking at mm -hmm. yeah it's a good way to put it um then i think also he's like spray painting on privately owned buildings is illegal. The mm -hmm. mayor mentioned it, it's been reported to the authorities. I don't know what will happen, but I just I wonder if like I, I believe in my heart of hearts that there is a kind of like a mental health thing at the heart of this. I wonder if that is the first step in, you know, something police getting involved and hopefully it leads to something happening where someone can't just be free to you know, spout out this sort of stuff in public. I guess if he's going to make videos about it, that's one thing because YouTube would have its own or wherever he's publishing would have its own kind of content policies that would 
yeah dictate what's okay on that platform but the idea of like being around town spray painting and you know doing mm. that kind of stuff uh seems to be a different story yeah you're into a different ball game at that yeah. point and and it needs and it would need to stop for sure so yeah. i do think something's um, going to come out of this though so i'm going to watch it i have a feeling this will there'll be an update on this well it looks like somebody in the chat said that uh, he recently put a new video up about an hour ago saying that the Cape Breton Post, the local newspaper, did an interview with him and it'll be out tomorrow. Really? Um, um, so it might be worth just taking a peek on his YouTube to see if that video is there. Yeah, uh, I, I can't imagine the Cape Breton Post giving him a platform, but I have mm. a feeling they did an interview, meaning like he kept calling and eventually they answered and he spouted off a bunch of stuff before they hung he up. He probably just left a voicemail. Yeah, <laughs> it's a great interview. Thank them for the great interview at the end of the voicemail. Uh, well, we'll yeah, see. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We'll follow up with that. I do not think there's going to be an article uh, giving his point of view in the paper tomorrow. Um, all right, well, let's let's move away from this. We're going to go from social issues and hatred and bigotry or whatever or whatever we want to call it, move on to something that's a bit more mysterious and um, and just fascinating. Sound good yeah. to you? We need to... Uh, I love mysteries and um, fascinations, and I'm fascinated with fascinating. Well, you know, one thing that I've always enjoyed is this idea, and maybe I get this from X-Files, watching too much X-Files, is this idea that, you know, we've had Ice Age just come and go or whatever, and there's parts of the world that have been frozen under ice for 30,000, 50,000 years, and there's, if not even longer. And so the stuff that's buried under there it's just like god knows what it is it's just from a different kind of world than the one we're living on now and so as as exploration happens and you know the arctic or the or yukon or mm -hmm. as ice is melting and things are changing some of this stuff from ancient times is revealing itself and we recently had an amazing thing reveal itself in yukon and i will actually one side note one of my favorite storylines in uh, X-Files was they found a UFO like deep under the ice. Um, yeah. And when they got kind of closer to it, it released this stuff that caused big issues. Anyway, mm. I don't think this story is going to go there. You don't know that yet. I don't know for sure. We're but, early days here. Yeah. But what I'm going to tell you about is a mummified wool a mummified woolly mammoth cat woolly <laughs> it's hard to say <laughs> yeah, you, you you just got this bizarre accent like as soon as you started <laughs> <laughs> is um a woolly mama well there's just a lot of m's in o's in mummified woolly mammoth woolly. that's it's just mummified woolly me. mummified woolly mammoth mummified woolly mammoth <laughs> all right mummified woo i think i was trying to pronounce both o's instead of a u it's woolly not wooly woolly mummified woolly mammoth calf you discovered it. by gold miners in the yukon let me tell you about this a mummified baby woolly mammoth has been found in the klondike gold fields the yukon government announced on friday it said the animal was found within trondek Hoechin traditional territory earlier this week and it is the most complete and best preserved mammoth found in North America to date. 
The territory said miners working on Eureka Creek uncover the animal while excavating in the permafrost on Tuesday. Geologists from the Yukon Geological Survey and the University of Calgary, who recovered the mammoth, suggested it died and was frozen during the past ice age, which was more than 30,000 years ago. Ice Age paleontologist Grant Zazula said it has been his lifelong dream to come face to face with a real woolly mammoth. And he is excited to find out more about the animal. The discovery of the mummified baby animal is something totally unprecedented. Mummified remains of Ice Age animals are incredibly rare in the world, he said in an interview on Friday. Zazula, who has been studying the Ice Age for nearly 25 years, said the mammoth is about 140 centimeters long. Early examinations also suggest it's female and was about a month old when it died. She's an incredible scientific discovery, he said. She has her hair, her skin, and if you look at her feet, she has tiny little fingernails and toenails that haven't quite hardened yet. The elders have named the mammoth calf, uh, named the mammoth calf Nunchuga, meaning big baby animal. I'm excited about what this may mean scientifically, but I'm more excited about how this mammoth will help our community, Zazula said. I'm just really honored and humbled to be part of this. Mm-hmm. So that is a nice story. That is a cool story that there are still... It's a cool story, and it makes you think of X-Files. It makes me think of Encino Man. Oh, yes. The I, movie. I, yeah, with Polly Shore, Polly right? Shore, yep. And Brendan and Fraser. Brendan Fraser, yep. What a great it. movie. Um, oh, yeah, I loved that movie when I was in high school. Yeah, I have a feeling that didn't age well. I don't know. I haven't watched it probably since you know 1999 or 2000 i don't know whenever yeah but ultimately it's uh the idea that there's so much scientific information just sitting under the ice waiting to be discovered is very cool a woolly mammoth is great but i my mind goes to um there was this this book that i read and this kind of author who, slash researcher that I was fascinated with, his name is Graham Hancock, and his book is called Fingerprints of the Gods. And a lot of what he talked about in his book was this idea that before kind of modern civilization that we live in now, um, there was like this old civilization that predated it all. And what he do, what he does in his book, Fingerprints of the Gods, to kind of prove his theory is that he looks at all of kind of like our the different cultures in the different parts of the world and looks at what they have in common to present the theory that all of these cultures and civilizations came from a prior one. So, you know, you can follow the threads mm-hmm. back. But anyway, um, a part of like a part of his theory is that you know beneath the ice or beneath the ocean we're going to find something that's you know so old that it'll be proof that there was some civilization before the ancient egyptians and and everything else so i i think i just i've always been fascinated with this idea that you know we're going to come up with some kind of i don't know like x-ray thing where we can see perfectly under the ice or to the bottom of the ocean and we're just going to find like you know, a 40 million year old like pyramid or something that's clearly man-made, but. Well, uh, what's going to happen, you know, in 30,000 years from now, they're going to find Walt Disney's head. Why Walt Disney's head? He was cryogenically frozen. Mm-hmm. I, and I believe it's just his head that was frozen, wasn't it? Uh, that seems weird. I think so. That's how they do it. I think with I the idea I'm just that, pulling from my memory here, but let me... Uh, I, I think the idea is by the time that, you know, uh, they've they 
thaw these people out, they'll have a, not like a cure for a decapitation, but they'll have a way mm. to like keep you alive. But I think really when they're going to find a million years from now or 50,000 years or whatever, all that's going to be left around the earth is going to be just like a, you know, like when you look at a, a tree that's been cut down and you can see the rings and, you know, there's a year there was a forest fire and the ring is like a little different color or something. I think they're going to just dig down and eventually find like a thin layer of powdered plastic. And mm-hmm. that's all that's going to be left from our civilization. That That's well, if people survive yeah. what we, we got going on here because we got some problems. Well, I think I'm going to go to the Yukon and, and just dig into the ice and and freeze myself down there. And hope for the best? And just be awoken in 30,000 years when it's everything's okay. <laughs> well, or well, this just... woolly mammoth is probably like, don't wake me up now. I need to stay yeah, asleep. You guys still the... have a lot to figure out. Yeah, I need 20... to stay asleep for a while. Yeah, you, wait, you find me in 2022, you prick. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. You mean I, I got to wear a mask? What's going on? Put me back in the ice. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it is not a great time. But it's a, a interesting discovery. What, what would they learn, though, from a woolly mammoth that's this? I guess they can just better understand the species and there's scientific. Yeah, how often that... do you get such a, um, you know, such a, such a great sample of a woolly mammoth, you know, yeah. that's preserved so well like yeah. what, what and, are the odds of, of coming across that yeah i looked at a photo of it and the thing yeah. looks like it looks like you know it died last year <laughs> or something like it's uh it, it, not even that long ago. it looks like, in better shape than most stray cats i see roaming the neighborhood <laughs> um yeah well, we'll we'll see what comes of it. Maybe more discoveries under the ice. Um, a woolly mammoth is great, but I'm holding out for pyramid that is um, unquestionably man-made in Canada or under Oak Island. Oh, are you still holding out for something under Oak Island? Um, yeah, I'm still holding out for something found under there, but it's, it's uh, cool. I've, I've given up hope. I mean, I, I still watch the show. Just because I like the guys and, you know, they're digging and, you know, they're doing their thing. The search is cool, even if they have The search is still cool and, and, you know, and and God knows after nine or ten years, I still get excited when they get some, pull some wood out. I do too. I would love to do, like, to have the money to just, like, even in my own yard, I would like to dig down, like, 120 feet under my house and just be like, what the heck is this doing here? Bobby Dazzler. <laughs> uh, well, we got to move on to the main course. You want to take a deep breath before you get to this? <sighs> I'm ready. We, we got a big one here. So let, let me get this in front of me here. And I'm going to break this down a few different ways. Mm-hmm. So this is... This is gonna. This bugs me, and I'm. Oh, it bugs me. I'm easing into it because I've just been so upset by this. So yeah. there's a company called Morning Consult, and they're a data intelligence firm which collects data that businesses or government would be interested in. So they do a lot of surveys and reports and such. Uh, they just released um, a report on the world's most trusted brands. 
Uh, and it's actually a pretty fascinating read because it, it looks at overall across the world, which companies do people you know most trust? And it has a variety of data points and factors that it considered. But uh, I, I went through the report and, and it even broke it down by country, which was very cool. But before I get into what Canada thinks, I'm going to list off the top 10 in the United States, then we'll get into Canada. Can, uh, the American top 10 are Band-Aid, Lysol, Clorox, UPS, CVS Pharmacy, Visa, Cheerios, The Weather Channel, Colgate, and Home Depot. This is stupid. Uh, this whole thing is stupid. <laughs> These are just, they're just brands. Like, why are they, What? where is the trust coming from? Like, what is it even in relation to? Uh, it has in, you can go through their full report. They have a PDF where they publish like kind of what questions were asked and what data points they consider. Um, and everything is, I won't get into the intricacies of, of how the report works, but you should take a look at it. But it this report certainly does have its problems merely based on the Canadian mm -hmm. charts. Oh, absolutely. Well, that's that's why I kind of I have a very, you know, knowing that Tim Hortons came out as the most trusted brand in Canada. It's like what makes me question the legitimacy of the entire study. A new survey is out taking a look at what brands people often turn to. And Tim Hortons is a standout on that list. Joanna. Joanne Piacenza from Morning Consult is uh, joining us. It's a business intelligence firm. Uh, Joanna, thanks very much for being with us. So Tim Hortons, number one, is that right in Canada? Uh, yes, you love to see it. Tim Hortons, number one trusted brand in Canada. They have what a lot of brands crave, a really strong connection to a national identity. You can't think of Tim Hortons without thinking of Canada. But anyone who has followed the history of Tim Hortons just as a consumer, knows that Tim Hortons has just gone down the toilet in terms of- the And that's what surprises me. If this is a thorough, um, well-organized kind of survey with, with a good result, I don't know how Tim Hortons comes out on top. When I, I looked at, um, actually, I, something that made me laugh recently, Tim Hortons has a new product out called like the Loaded salad uh, the loaded bowl and yeah, it's basically yeah, like a salad yeah. um but i saw trending on twitter like hashtag loaded bowl uh, and when i went into it it was like of the 25 posts or tweets that i i read that had that uh, hashtag in them every single one of them were bashing tim hortons and being like you know i'd have i think what i i actually chimed into i said i would have to be loaded to buy a salad from tim hortons um yeah, yeah. Tim Hortons just catching on to the bowl. Yes, exactly. <laughs> like they they started making a real egg on their breakfast sandwich finally, and then you know what our next innovation is? Bowls. We're gonna start serving food in yeah, bowls. Yeah, and it's we've talked about this before, but Tim Hortons they they find a way 
to take what they currently have in the store and market it in a new way. It's like they're always trying to sell you the same crap they have in a new way. So it's like they it's nothing new. It's like they just probably are taking like the same crappy chicken they put on their crappy chicken burgers and some of the lettuce that they put on the crappy whatever. And they're just throwing that in with maybe like a new sauce or something or like Yeah, just a, a slight just a alteration little bit different. to the regular sauce. And I had one of their new loaded wraps, they call them. And I got it with chicken, and it's just a chicken wrap. It is Mm -hmm. just Yeah, a you're chicken not wrap. like when you how someone would call Canada or call Tim Hortons the most trusted brand is nuts because it's if it's it's a brand of marketing rather than a brand of product at this point. They don't like their success Yeah, absolutely. isn't in the quality or consistency of their coffee or their food. It's in their ability to market to people who drink the Kool-Aid that Tim Hortons in Canada uh, have their arms around each other embracing. Yeah, there's still some like, you know, some people still hold on to the Tim Hortons brand as a strictly Canadian brand. It's it's not even anymore. It's just I don't know what it is anymore. I don't know what kind of restaurant it is. I don't know what they sell anymore. I don't know who they are. They're just this logo that is on every corner in Canada. It's an infrastructure that they moved into and then they just started selling anything that'll stick to a wall. And it's just, everything is terrible there now. Like it used to be such a great place to go and hang out and have a, a good coffee and a donut. Um, well, I'll tell you someone who does love Tim Hortons. Do you know who Corby Regan from Regina is? No, I didn't expect so. Uh, Cor uh, Corby Regan from Regina gained some notoriety back in 2015 for getting Tim Hortons logo tattooed on his head. If you look at the cover art of this episode, I used a shot of it. Uh, Yeah, I saw that. I watched Yeah. him on uh, a little video of him on CBC. I don't know when I was searching like stuff about this article about Tim Hortons being Canada's most trusted brand. Um, I came across him. I'm just going to read you a second of it. Uh, when Corby Regan was offered a free tattoo, he didn't have to think too hard about what he wanted. I just love Tim Hortons, Regan said. My buddy said, get something you really like. I'll do it for free. So he said, all right, put Tim Hortons on there. Regan has over 60 tattoos, but the iconic coffee logo is one of only a couple that are on his head. It's visible. People see it, he said. It makes people ask questions. The Regina man said not everyone is simply... Questions. What's Uh, wrong what's wrong? with you? <laughs> yeah. uh, the Regina man said not everyone is simply curious, though. Some people don't like it and will tell him as much. But Regan said it beats some of the tattoos on others he's seen out there. Some people think I'm crazy. But they have dragons and skulls on their heads, he said. He's such a regular customer, the workers at one Regina location known by name, or his nickname, Repo. Depending on which one I go to, I'll get a free coffee or maybe a donut, he said. It wasn't about what I get, though. I just like the logo. I like the tattoo. I got it because my uh, buddy said if I uh, wanted a free tattoo, I'd think of something that I liked. And, no, well, I love Tim Hortons. So I got the tattoo put on my head. Yeah. <laughs> I like dragons and skulls. <laughs> Could you imagine getting a Tim? Uh, He has it like right. It... I'd pay $5,000 for a dragon skull tattoo over a free Tim Hortons tattoo. I really honestly would. I'd take out But a could loan you not like? to make sure that I don't You could get get a Tim the Tim Hortons Tim Hortons tattoo tattoo. and like spin it ironically. Like, look at this.
Like it's funny, but I still would be like, no, 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 yeah. no. There's no, there's no alternate universe in which I have a Tim Hortons well, tattoo. Well, um, let's wrap it up with this. You know what? The tr- most trusted brand in Cap- in Canada should be Nighttime Podcast because every Tuesday night we fulfill our promise to find a couple weird mm-hmm. stories around Cap- uh, around Canada and share them. Uh, this week was a little bit of a little bit offensive, but next week we'll see what happens. I think something weird's gonna happen. I can yeah, feel in the yeah. air. Let's go up and make our own stories. You and I. Aaron, until next time. Jordan, until next um, time. Sunshine, lollipops, rainbows. rainbows everywhere. I want to thank you for joining Aaron and I for our Keep Canada Weird discussion. But before we part here, I have some thanks. First, a big thanks to Aaron for sharing another evening with me and with you, the listeners of Nighttime. A big thanks to the Internet's favorite cult leader, Unicol, who supplies the intro and outro voiceovers. But lastly, I have the most important thanks of all, and that goes to everyone who listens to Nighttime, as without your interest and your support, this show would be as pointless as it would be impossible. But with that said, keeping the show alive is and has always been an uphill battle. So if you want to help take a bit of weight off the show's back, make sure you listen on the premium feed. And not only does the premium feed fund the creation of the show, it'll give you more of each topic than you'll find here on the free feed as I'm adding exclusive content regularly and I maintain a full back catalog of past episodes only on the premium feed. So if that sounds like something you're interested in, go to patreon.com slash nighttime podcast and subscribe to the premium feed. And on the topic, let me thank the newest subscribers, Woods and Angela. Thank you for going premium. And for anyone else who'd like to support the show but can't do it via a premium feed subscription, you can give me a big hand by simply sharing this episode on social media and letting some of your like-minded friends know about the great work we're doing here to keep Canada weird. If you have any story ideas or want to give feedback on this episode or share a voice memo, you can do all that and more at nighttimepodcast.com slash contact. Aaron and I hope to hear from you. But until then, take care of each other, hug your loved ones tight, and let us know if you see anything weird. The Nighttime Podcast is written, hosted, and produced by Jordan Bonaparte. Copyright Jordan Bonaparte. Thank you.